Welcome back, everyone, to Season 3 of the Kelly Mental Health Podcast, where we discuss a variety of topics surrounding mental health. In this season, we will be joined by incredible guests from all around the world and pillars of our community to discuss real topics and situations they have faced and how they dealt with it. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. All of us at Kelly Mental Health want to share our deepest appreciation to all of our listeners, all of our followers on social media, and of course, all of our clients, colleagues, and fellow advocates for mental health. We truly appreciate everything that you've done, both in raising mental health awareness and helping us out on our mission to make sure that people can be the most genuine, authentic versions of themselves. In this episode, Shane Powell joins me for an exploration of his transition to parenthood, what that was like going from single guy to all of a sudden parent eventually of two kids and how he's worked on becoming informed about mental health, how he can be the best kind of dad to his children to make sure that they don't struggle with the same issues that a lot of us struggle with, making sure he's setting them up with the tools to manage emotional difficulties as they grow older. And of course, being a new age kind of a father, one that's able to connect and communicate and even show vulnerability with his kids. Listen in as Shane shares with us his experience. And of course, keep watching our social media page and our podcast this month for continuing on with exploring men's mental health. Welcome back to the Kelly Mental Health Podcast. I am Linda Kelly, your host, and I'm here with a special guest, Shane Powell. Now, Shane, you have done uh, quite a bit of outreach with me before. Uh, we've been on our uh, Shaw show together, the Let's Grow episode. Uh, we've done a podcast in the past. And so it's, thank you so much for joining me again. It's nice to have you back. No problem. Thanks for having me back. Mm-hmm. So when I put out a call to people just to talk about men's mental health you're obviously you're one of the first people that lines up and that's no surprise that's something that you you're very passionate about um for those who don't know you can you just tell me a little bit about yourself sure um i uh got involved in men's mental health about two years ago when i lost um one of my best friends to suicide um i decided that um that this is something that I need to have a passion about because I don't want anybody else to go through um, this, this pain of losing someone so close. And as well as, as those suffering to know that um, there, there is, you're not alone and, and the hope there is hope um, and, and help out there for, for, um, for those that are really struggling. Absolutely. And and it's really, it's wonderful that more and more people are speaking out. Uh, and you've shared as well that you've had your own struggles with mental health. Isn't that right? Yep. Um, struggled with um, depression and anxiety um, for a long time now. And like now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, obviously that it seems to be coming out more and more and it doesn't help um, help much when many um, of the coping mechanisms that we've been taught this entire time were, were, are not available to us. You were just saying that um, at the beginning of the pandemic, there were, you know, your usual coping skills were pretty much taken away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so how do you think that affected you? Oh, it affected me, me greatly. It, it was, it was, um, it, and it wasn't even like a gradual taking away. It was in one day um, on March 16th or whatever day that was 2020 when it was just like, it was just like everything that I've, all the training that I've that I've been through up until that point um, is all 
was all taken away in one day. And it was very, very, very hard to deal with at the beginning when in my mind, when it was supposed to be just a two day or a two week, sorry, shut down in a two week, I thought, okay, this is going to be okay. And then all of a sudden it was leading into months. And basically at that point, when you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, you do lose hope and you, you, you lose purpose um, Mm -hmm. in, in some ways of, of, of your life. And that's not an easy thing to deal with. Not at all. No. And you're right. That's just so challenging. I I saw more people come for counseling because of the slowdown and because they had lost their routine and felt like a a sense of no purpose anymore. Uh, More people dealing with that than just, you know, the opposite of, you know, being overstressed because there's just so much going on and COVID being scary. Yes, no, and I agree, and I understand now. When and I hear people say, you know, when they when they retire, they don't want to retire because they're going to work is their routine. And I always thought, oh, that's crazy. You, you can find something else, but no, I fully understand. Um, when you if you retire and you don't have a plan and you don't have a routine after that, you do you lose that 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 purpose. You lose your hope, and it's it becomes a slippery slope for um, for for depression and anxiety. Absolutely. So, you know, with everything going on, obviously, this has been such a challenging year for a lot of people. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about uh, really is just about parenting and, and becoming a father. Now, I know that there's, you know, this past year, obviously, we're all faced with such a different, challenging, you know, kind of set of circumstances. But I kind of want to go back with you. And now you have two children? Yes, I do. I got a seven-year-old daughter and a five-year-old boy. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so becoming a father, this is not something that people often talk about because I, I think that there's so much attention paid to, you know, women becoming mothers and, and going through labor and postpartum and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't know that even postpartum depression for men can actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious if you could just share what was your experience like of becoming a father? Well, um, the transition into fatherhood is arguably probably the biggest, most important um, phase transition in most lives, including my own. Um, you know, all of a sudden, your, your freedom um, that you had turns into responsibility, essentially. You're, you're responsible for um, an, another human being that's um, super innocent and doesn't know this world, and it's up to you to to start and navigate, um, navigate this world for, for this individual and, um, start by making the right choices. Um, it, it isn't easy as, as a father. I mean, it, it, it's certainly the, the mothers, I mean, what, what, um, they, they go through to, 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 you know, to bear the child and everything is really, really an amazing part of nature. It really is how that all, how it all comes about is just truly a miracle in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Times have changed when it comes to what I find when, um, you know, the, the previous generations when it was, okay, women, you're going to stay home. You're going to take care of the kids. The man goes to work. They, they bring in the money. When you get home, the food, the supper should be ready, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The old, the old stereotype of a woman and men. Um, it, it's not quite like that anymore. Um, you are, the men are still, still most of them, I don't, I don't want to say, say all of them, most of them, they, they do go to work still and they come home and they are, they're, they're going to be doing chores now. It's maybe it's the cooking, maybe it's the, it's the, um, you know, playing with the kids, giving the mom a break if she's on maternity leave, that kind of stuff. And 
um, it can become really, really, really exhausting because now you're trying to be um, everything to everyone again, and which can lead to uh, the several um, sort of mental health issues, including depression and anxiety, when you just can't give your all at everything. You say if you can't give your all at work and you come home exhausted and you can't give your all to being to being a father, it gets really, really, really stressful and really, really, really taxing. Mm -hmm. I I have spoken to a couple of people this week that kind of said the same thing. It's like they were trying so hard to be everything for everyone that they put themselves aside. Yes, and, and that's true. And with both my kids, it, it was very frustrating because um, at the beginning, because I, I didn't, as a father, I couldn't help um, um, my wife at the time. She was breastfeeding both kids and my kids would not take a bottle, both of them. So it was, I, I felt utterly useless at some points when the kids are crying and they're hungry and there was, there was nothing I could do at that point. They would not, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take a bottle from me at all for the first 12 months of both of their lives. So Mm-hmm. yeah it's um and, and then you lose that sense of attachment it's like okay well you know i want to feed feed my my children too and i just can't and it, it's it's uh, like i said it's slippery slope it's very frustrating mm-hmm. that absolutely i, I mean I'm, i've been on on the opposite side of where i mean with my child i was not able to breastfeed so you lose that connection of just you know i'm able to nourish my child i'm taking care of them you know it's kind of you have to sort of give up that control for sure really hard yes absolutely yeah what about you know just the the lifestyle change then in terms of you said you're so used to having your freedom being able to kind of pick up go to the gym when you want go on a trip when you want you know how how did you adjust yeah that takes um it takes a lot of planning ahead i mean it's it's Instead of like, for an example, for, for having a workout, um, I think that a, to, I think a working out is now um, a big part of everybody's lives. It seems now um, it comes up more with the pandemic. Everyone realizes the science behind exercising and what it does uh, mentally and physically for you. Um, but, you know, again, the freedom thing, the freedom um, in exchange for responsibility. So instead of, you know, having a workout right after work, maybe it's got to be at like, your lunch, on your lunch break. Or maybe it's got to be late at night after the kids go to bed. It's it's going to take those adjustments um, in your life for you to um, for, for you to re- pretty much be uh, not wear yourself to not wear yourself down too, but to be there to be there for a parent and to be there for your spouse in the end. Mm-hmm. And, and most right. importantly, and to is... be there for your kids actually as well. Right. Exactly that, and that's so it's such a tough thing, especially if you're. Well, you know, one thing we do talk about a lot is what are our childhood experiences setting us up to be like as parents? That's and right. I'm yes. curious for yourself if you ever had to kind of undo what you learned and, you know, learn how to, a new way of doing things. Um, I wouldn't say um, undo things, but uh, again, times have really changed. Um, we, we talk about um, emotions and mental health more than ever these days. And like my parents and most parents of that generation, the, um, the, um, um, the emotions weren't there. Like saying, I love you all the time. Like I I say, I love you to my kids, to my kids constantly, or, you know, telling them, um, you know, to make sure that they express their feelings. I want to know what's going on or why they're upset or why they do a certain thing. And that's, that's changed. I think from when we were growing up and it was tough it out or we're going for a timeout. Um, that kind of stuff. And I think that that t- took some evolving. And it's not just um, in my life, I think it's the generational evolving um, 
when, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that these are positive changes? Yeah, they are positive. And, 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 and there's, there's little things like, you know, you're putting, putting a child um, into timeout is, is fine, but um, I don't, I don't, I'd rather sit down and talk. And I have a good example of that, um, of um, what exactly I mean by that. But I mean, I don't want, I don't want my kids to associate with going to your room and shutting down um, instead of telling me what the actually issue is. Why did you behave that way? And um, I have a great example. Um, we were, um, my kids and I we were watching a show and I don't remember the exact show, but it was, it was a funny cartoon. And one of the characters on TV um, Somebody took away um, the child's that or the, sorry the character's teddy bear, and and he said something like "Oh my teddy," and I mocked it. I said "Oh my teddy," I thought it was funny. Well, about five seconds later, my son threw a toy at me, and I, and I so I said to him, "I said, Jeremy, why did you throw that at me?" And he didn't respond. I said, "Okay, we're gonna go up to your room and talk." So um, we went up there, and I said, "Okay, let's sit down. You're not in trouble. I just want to know why did you throw that toy at me? We were just sitting there having fun." He goes. Well, you made fun of that boy. I said, what do you mean I made fun of that boy? He goes, you made fun of him when you said, that's my teddy. And that was really sad that, that the other boy took his, his teddy bear away. And for me, that was a big eye opener. I'm thinking, I am so glad that I had this conversation with him right now. Because this isn't, if I just said, you threw a toy at me, go to your room. I, it, we would have never, I, I got to realize um, myself, I got to be more aware of, of what I'm saying around them. And and possibly things that could, that could irritate them. And it was, it, it did, it irritated him and he didn't know how to express that to me. So he threw a toy at me. And um, as much as I don't condone throwing things, now I understand why. And, and I, I got to be mindful of the way I, I react in the future to things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. Cause I mean, I mean, the way that you responded to what was clearly, you know, he, that was communication for him, mm-hmm. you know, tossing something at you, even though, you know, it's sort of, it's a violation of house rules. I'm imagining we don't throw things, we don't hit people. Um, but he was communicating. And so then you got him, you taught him to use his words and approached him in such a calm and comfortable manner that he felt comfortable talking to you and even calling you out on your crap. Yeah, really. That's exactly it. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's wild. I, I never, ever would have had the guts to call my dad. out. No, exactly. Exactly. It's a different, it's different. So it's, it's, and it's, and I want, and it's a, it's a life lesson. I want him to use his words all the time. I want him to, to, instead of bottling things up and, you know, essentially if it, if it lends to, uh, you know, leads to him hitting someone or, or anything, I'd rather him use his words to, 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 to try to try to sort things out and figure it out, whether it be an authority figure or not, such as, such as it was for me. I want, I want to know if something is bugging him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. And that it can be such a productive thing. I, what, what do you think you struggle with the most as a father? Um, you know what? I, I really struggle more, more than anything. It's, it's the classic. Um, I gotta be like, I gotta realize that too. I, I have a, I have a role to be their parent. I, I can't always just try to be their friend and try to spoil them and try to do, you, you know, these extravagant things for them is that I am there. I, I am, I am their father. Um, there is, I am, I will be setting them line. Like I'm, I, there is a line where I've got to guide my kids and if it takes a little bit of discipline and if it takes a little bit of teaching, that's what it's going to be. It isn't all fun and games. 
And that's what, um, mm-hmm. that's what I really learned. There is a lot of time for fun and games. There, there really is. And, um, yeah. And as a parent, it's, you got to just remember that you are, you are exactly that. You're exactly their parent. Have fun and make sure that you are guiding them on the, on the right path. Mm-hmm. There's so much pressure. <laughs> yeah, there, there really is. And then you mix in, um, you mix in, you know, the exhaustion when it comes to, you know, raising, especially two kids, especially at that age, when they're go, 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 and they want to play and they want to do this and they want to do that. It, it really is. It, it's, yeah, it can become, like I said, it can become very tiring and taxing. Absolutely. And with this past year of all of these things shutting down, I know for us, you know, my, my son was in a couple of after school programs, extracurriculars. So then he's been stuck at home for well now coming up to a year. What was that like for your kids? Um, Terrible is the best way to, to describe it. It was absolutely terrible. They, they don't, my kids at seven and five, my kids missed out on a lot of little things this year. The best part of being a childhood stuff like the Santa Claus parade sitting on Santa Claus's lap, all of the birthday parties that they would have been to this year, including their own. They never had any big birthday parties with all their friends. Um, Now, you know, they were when the fall opened up, they, they got back to, to playing hockey again, but it wasn't the same. And I guess they missed, they missed the best part about it, which is, being around your friends and being in the dressing room. Um, I'm so happy that they were able to get out and, and play some of the hockey. But the fact that um, I honestly think that if you had those kids and you took off their helmets and put them all in the same room, they wouldn't even known they were on the same team because of the, the, the COVID protocols that are in place. And there's a little things too. We, we enjoyed going out for dinner, going to wackies and it was a thing for us and going to the movie theaters, um, especially when it was minus 40, like it has been. We would we would take a Saturday or Sunday and go to a matinee afternoon matinee movie and it was a and it was a thing for us to do. Um, but with everything mm-hmm. shut down and you can't go swimming and you, you can't do it's the kids easily become stir crazy and they really 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 miss their friends. Mm-hmm. That's that's been a really hard thing for kids missing out on the socialization. So then that kind of that must sit with you as like, here's this extra pressure as a, as a father to fix this. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. And you try, you try to, and you do your best um, in the end to, to try to make sure that, that their communication and social skills are, are, are still going to be improving. So, I mean, how do you, how do you bridge that gap? How do you deal with that? Um, it's a lot of, well, we try to do, um, try to do the FaceTime stuff and the, the curb visits and the best we, we possibly can. Um, I try to, my, like my daughter right now, she's planning this after COVID party for the past year. So she's pretty excited about that, <laughs> that it's, that it's going to happen. Um, my, um, my, the biggest thing I, I guess is, you know, try to use the technology. I mean, it's not the same. The FaceTiming friends isn't the same, especially with a five-year-old there. They don't hold the camera properly, but it's, it's the best that we can do um, at this point is, is just, you know, is keep everything outdoors, keep everything as safe as possible, but, um, and just realize that it's not going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that is a really good thing to, to talk about, right? That things are temporary. Uh, I mean, at least in, in my experience and as well, you know, being a parent and, and even treating adolescents with mental health issues, one of the things that they often will, you know, struggle with is this feeling of what's going on right now is forever. Yes. Yes. And it's very important for them to realize that they are the birthday parties. They're going to, they're going to come back at some, they may look a little different, but that's okay. They're going to come back at some point. They're sitting on Santa Claus's lap. That that's all, 
that all is going to come back um, in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we hope. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we, we really I do hope. I really do hope that they get to, because like I said, that some of my best, those are some of my best memories as kids. And I, and I know that I can't be the only one that feels that way. So yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I feel really, really, really bad for the kids and it's at, at times it doesn't seem to affect them. It really does. Cause they are, they are young. So they don't understand fully about the scope and what's happening, but um, they do know. I overheard my daughter talking about how washing her hands and for 20 seconds and it, it makes her a superhero. Um, so I, I, I asked her about it. It's something that they learn in class. So it, it's, it's yeah, washing your hands and staying two meters apart um, makes you a superhero. And that's a good way to look at it is for, for that standpoint is that, yeah, you, you this sucks right now. And you, you know, you could be, be potentially saving lives. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really nice when they're they are able to sort of bridge that that gap in understanding with something that is age appropriate. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a wonderful way to look yeah, at absolutely. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you think challenges you or surprises you the most about being a father? Um, how much they absorb it is really, really, really shocking. From before they can they can they can talk or before they can even walk. They are watching, they are listening, they are picking up on things that you don't even know. If you know, even little things like the way you, you treat other people, if you're raising your voice, um, if you're not treating people well, they pick up on that. Um, they, they really do. And the little things that you do, they, they pick up on it. And basically, they, they think that all that's okay. And that's how they, they move to the future. And I can't believe how much that they pick up at some, such a young age. They're little sponges. They really do. They really are. <laughs> that could be yeah, dangerous yeah exactly because uh-huh. <laughs> i mean i'm sure you know as we as we kind of graduate from adolescence ourselves and become adults it's already difficult enough to wear that responsibility that they say adults are supposed to and then we're also then we have children that are hearing and absorbing everything that we're doing and wow i mean if you think about it too much the pressure must be overwhelming. yeah it really makes you mindful of what you do and what you say and the way you talk around the kids and some of the words that you use and yeah it really is a lot of pressure um for sure when the kids are around Mm -hmm. what about regrets i mean regrets with parenting decisions has that ever really come up for you um not really i don't have any regrets at, at this point um Right now, I feel like I've made a lot of um, the best decisions to keep my kids on the, the straight and arrow. Um, there's regrets that I have from my own standpoint, such as um, like my daughter's in French immersion right now. And I wish I took French because it's not easy for me to help her with her homework at times. And it's a lot of Google Translate. Yeah. But um, I want her to experience it. She's, I, my philosophy kind of is, and it, it's, it may not be that popular, I want to expose my kids to everything and kind of let them choose their own path. And so they both love French a lot. So I would never take that away from them just because I can't really help them. I feel like that's that's not. I mean, to some people, perhaps that is a reason. For me, I don't. I want them to to do that because you know, if my daughter was in ballet, it would be the same thing. I couldn't ever help her with her dance moves, um, and that's kind of the way that I I look at it. Or if they go into, you know, find an extracurricular that they that they like, they they love, and then I can't and I've never done before. Yeah, I can't I can't help in the way that I that I truly could if it was something that I know um, like the back of my hand. 
Mm-hmm. We we went through that as well too. We we did try the French immersion. Ultimately, it did not really end up working out. Uh, I have a son that is for some reason I I can't break him of this habit. He's terrified of making a mistake. Right. Right. So, so, I mean, when you get put a kid like that in French immersion, we don't speak French at home. We try to encourage him. He's so worried about embarrassing himself that he won't try. Yeah. So I I hear you on that, how difficult it is to sort of support them when, when you really don't know the ins and outs of what they're, what they're learning. I mean, it's fun for them too, because they, 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 they're trying to teach me things. So the easy stuff, like, especially with my son, when he asked me a question, oh, what is, what does cold mean? And, or what is like show like hot? What does that mean in French? And I'll, I'll, I'll guess wrong. So he can no. now he thinks he's teaching me and that that's fun for him as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's really fun. Cause you know, and that is even a different approach to parenting than in the past, because, you know, in the past, it's important to acknowledge that parents were always taught to make sure that kids were subordinate. That's right that we didn't learn from our kids. And nowadays it's, I think a lot of us think it's pretty cool if our kids yeah, are teaching yeah, us something. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So that's gotta be pretty empowering it for is, them. Yeah. Or even um, the ability for a child to make their own decisions or for you to, you know, give them, you know, that, that old parenting trick. Well, Oh, I don't want to do this. No, no, it's not about not doing it. Which way yeah, are you going to yeah, do exactly. this? No, you're absolutely right. So really, really interesting kind of very subtle yeah. approaches with uh, with parenting that have changed, but ultimately, you know, in that that aim to make sure that we are creating future Absolutely. adults. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So sometimes I, I will ask people, you know, do you have any regrets about parenting decisions or things that you've done, times you've screwed up as a parent? And some people are so hard on themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. But looking back, you got to remember that they, they still are our kids. Like I had my son um, in skating lessons when he was three and a half years. I think he was four. And it was an absolute disaster. Um, he The meltdown after meltdown. And, and I remember, I'm like, this is, this is why, why, why are we doing that? Why do we put ourselves through this? But looking back, I mean, he was, he was three. He was three and a half. Like that's, that's just the way how th- – three and a half year olds are going to act that's it's perfectly it's perfectly okay now my kids are, are absolutely love hockey and it's 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 one of those things where it's I would have never have have known unless I I actually tried unless I actually exposed them to it I coach both my kids hockey both the, the seven-year-old and the five-year-olds and we have we have a lot of fun we really do so yeah so yeah, I don't wonderful. I don't I don't regret putting him in I mean was it was it difficult yeah it was really difficult and it sucked at some points but it was, <laughs> it was one of those things where it's you 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 live and you learn and it's it's hopefully shaping him into what he his path in life that he wants to choose yeah so you know being a person yourself that has struggled with things like anxiety depression how do you talk to your kids about this um stuff? the same way that um I would do for, I, I make sure that my kids um, know to talk about their feelings and I'm not, I don't mean, um, you know, sit there and tell me all about your sad feelings, but I want them to know um, that when we're sitting around say if we're having supper um, to know, like, tell me if something is making you happy, something making you sad. And I start with that. I, I tell them all the time, something that happened to me in my day that made me feel happy or sad or made me laugh or something funny. And um, to really, really open up that that um, that communication portal to our feelings, 
and it does. It starts with with mutant. Again, they're all they're sponges. They they, they pick up on that. If you sit down and don't mm-hmm. talk about your feelings, I can't see the the kids doing it as well. They don't they don't see that as a normal thing. So I'm very 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 open mm-hmm. with them. I mean, I don't give them obviously all the, the details about everything, but I do I do let them know when stuff makes me happy or sad or when I'm proud of them. All of that, all of those kind of words I use. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, you know. And again, what you're doing is you're setting that's an right. example. And that, and that's the most right? important you're, thing. You're creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we try to do that. Well, mostly me. I mean, my my poor kids being raised by a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, he can't do anything without me going. So how do yeah, you feel yeah. about that? <laughs> Um, but it's that's the thing. It's very normalized, very, very normal in our, our house to try to, you know, discuss what's going on. How do you feel about that to sort of help each of us, like all of us actually make those yeah. connections between, you know, the stimulus versus the behavior versus, you know, um, I know in, in my own life, I've certainly I've had many occasions where I go to him and I apologize and I go, you know, what? I was frustrated right. and I shouldn't have said that or I, sh- I shouldn't have. I lost my temper or something like that. And he's like, it's okay, mom, you're having yeah, a bad and that, day. <laughs> that's important. And, and it'll go both ways. And, and sometimes, you know, and yeah, he randomly, I, my son has come up to me and he's, he said, dad, I'm sorry. I said, for what? And he'll bring up something that happened two days ago. I said, Oh, that's no problem, buddy. It's, it's okay. Those things happen. Hmm. That's interesting because it sometimes, you know, I, I always like to kind of follow along with their train of thought and go, you know, this was actually bugging you, you know, that you were stewing in this for two days. How interesting yeah. is that? And it, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, when he threw that, that toy at me, it was the same thing. Like, how long was he going to stew on that? And, that? and that's what goes through my mind. And that's why the, the communication is just so important. I, I feel like how much, how long was he going to stew with that? If I just sent him to his room for a timeout. Oh, what, what, what would have, the outcome could have come could have been so much different than for me to actually not understand what exactly was happening mm-hmm. wow so with your parenting style your parenting approach uh did you do much reading or research to kind of inform what you've been doing or is this sort of stuff you found out um, on your own? not really reading and research i kind of um i kind of took ideas almost from other parents or, or what i saw from other people and kind of piece together my own, my own version of what I wanted it to look like for my kids. I mean, I'm definitely, uh, I'm not as strict. I was never, I'm not the type of parent that, that would ever be like, Oh no, bedtimes at this time and your strict diet, that kind of stuff. I kind of always kind of been laid back and played it by year. And, and it's, it seems to be, um, it works for us. It works for, for me and my kids. Um, like I said, I expose them to everything and then we just go from there. Um, if, if, um, if they don't like a certain thing, then we just won't push. Like my daughter hates soccer for whatever reason. We tried it for a couple of years. She hated it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Then we're not going to keep, we're not going to keep pushing that on her. It just, it's not fair to her to do stuff like that. They love hockey. Perfect. We'll do hockey for as long as, as long as, as they want. And I'll coach them. I'll be right percent. So that, mm-hmm. and that's good then because I played hockey my entire life. So I can, it's something that we can share. And it's, it's, it's same thing with golf. We golf, um, we try, I try to take them golfing once a week because they love it so much. I got them both their little clubs and we go, we go play the part three and then we go have lunch and it's a thing. And if they don't like it at some point, then, then that's okay. But so far it's a thing and they asked to go golfing. So we share that experience together and it, it's really a lot of fun. And that's, that's how, how kind of how I wanted to, 
to approach uh, my parenting style. Um, I didn't want it to be, I'm going to work, work all the time, come home, um, you know, eat supper. And that's the end of it. I really wanted to be involved in their lives. And then, you know, and again, I point that out because that is not always typical, but I think it is more typical of today's generation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. It wasn't typical. You'd have typically, like I said, the mother would stay home and the food would be ready and they raise the kids and the dad would go out and, and work and even work a bunch of overtime and and not home very much, but they made a lot of money and and brought home all the money for the kids and put the, and, you know, basically put the roof over the head and the the food on the table. And that was the, that was the, the society. And, that's just the way it was at that, at that, in that generation. And I think that it's times have, have really, really, really changed. And I know from, from my perspective, my kids love that I coach. My kids love that I'm on the ice with them. And they, they make that, they make sure they ask all the time, dad, are you coaching today? I, I've, I've never really not, I've never missed it. And you know what? It's one thing that I've, I take pride in is not missing um, anything of my kids um, at this point. Um, unless of course some I'm ill or something um, extreme happens, but no, I take pride in that knowing that I'll be at their hockey games all the time and, and um, all their appointments and, and everything that they're, that they're involved in. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and you're right. What you're, what you're basically saying as well with the hockey, with the golf and uh, is that children really do take after us more based on what we do with them and the, the example that we show rather than what we yeah, tell that, them to do. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's even the little things like if we, go, if we go swimming, I make sure I'm right in the water with them and we're having a lot of fun. And then the other side is too, if I see their imaginations going, especially with the two of them together, I sit back and just don't squash it. I want to, I, I love where this is going kind of thing. And I watch it. I watch it, watch their imaginations just, just take over. And it's just, it's truly amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. I, I just, I mean, as a parent myself, but I, I really appreciate your approach to that. And, you know, you're just trying, it just sounds like you're really trying to cultivate. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. Um, I know that, like, and I, I can see it in them. I could see that they're, they're like, when they, when they did their Valentine's there last week or the week before, they, they not only did they did their class, but they did everybody they can possibly think of. And they're writing them all down. And, and, um, yeah, and if you ask my son and say, "Hey, d- uh, who's your best friend?" and they ask who your best friend is, he'll say, "I love everybody." That's 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 exactly it. Or at Christmas time, because I love all my presents, and that's that's what um, I'm, I'm truly proud of him for that. And that's that's kind of his mentality. What kind of advice would you give to other fathers out there um, that are struggling? Basically, that it's exhausting. It, it really is. It's exhausting. It's a lot of pressure. Um, hang in there. Um, I'm not going to, I wish I could say, tell you it gets easier, but it, I, I, I don't know. I don't have that crystal ball, but um, hang in there and really try to evolve um, the way, like if things aren't going a certain way to your parenting style, try to evolve it. Um, open that communication up with your kids and really, really, really be there for them. They, they need a mother and a father and whatever that looks like, um, that's, that's every family is so different when it comes to that. But in the end, the, the, the kids, they need a mother and a father figure, um, for them to, to, to really, um, understand, um, all aspects of life, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's really obviously so important. The people that become caregivers to children, uh, no matter, you know, what situation they're facing in life, no matter, you know, what what their day-to-day life is like or what they do for a job, that it's the care that you give that child that really matters and it, it affects who That's they're right. going to become. Yeah. That's right. And like I yeah. said, it looks yeah. different. Well, Every family is different, what, what, it, what it looks like. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's different, but but in the end, um, the kids are innocent and they're vulnerable, and um, it's our responsibility as parents to to be there for them and really guide them that way because they look up to you and they look up to you and they they yeah they're looking for you for guidance and picking up on everything that you do. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective on on fatherhood, becoming a parent, and even you know dealing with parenting decisions through the pandemic. I I really appreciate just you being open and and talking about this because it's I don't think it's something that fathers typically discuss. No, so I, I I'm trying to think back to me and my friends, and, and no, we don't. As when when the dads get together, it's it's more of a we're excited to see each other. We haven't seen each other in a long time, and we don't really talk about um, parenting strategies or. Or anything like that. We just kind of all, all, all um, decide. You know, we're all raising our children differently, and and yeah, and 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 I don't know if there's a right way or wrong way, wrong way really to do it, unless you're encouraging your kid to maybe be a drug dealer or something. I don't know, but but yeah, no, there's there's multiple styles, and and it's and and yeah, we don't as fathers, we don't, we I definitely certainly don't talk about exactly the specifics with with my. Uh, with my fault, with my father friends anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you think that needs um, to change? Perhaps, you know, we're, 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 the world is, is slowly becoming where men expressing their feelings is, is becoming normal. It's becoming okay, which is, which is, which is really, really, really good. I think that we do have a long way to go, but um, hopefully for this next generation, um, we can get there because I think that too, with um, the way of social media, the way that it's headed, um, I the way like I the way that how far it's gone in the past ten years. I don't know what it's going to look like in another ten years, but it is one of the one of the worries of mine. Mm-hmm. What is you know, parents need to really, really, really be aware of of what is going to be out there on the internet. Basically, even if you're not you're not um, you know you're not internet savvy now, or you don't have all the social medias now. It's really, 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 um, the internet can be a scary place for kids. So, yeah, that communication definitely needs to stay open. Absolutely. And, you know, with the social media landscape changing from day to day, I mean, there's so many new apps and things that it's difficult to know what's what anymore. So I appreciate you mentioning that as well, that if you're not, you know, tech savvy, the best thing that you can probably do is make sure that you've got a really open communication and good relationship with your child so that they feel they can ask you if something's going on. Yeah. Yeah, That sounds great. Well, thank you again so much for, uh, for coming on again and talking about this stuff. For sure. sure Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Bye. Okay. Take care.